Did you read about that? No, I just noticed because my voice sounds quiet too. Well, I feel good. Uh, what's the what's that? Oh, that. Um, I'm gonna. I kind of like. I actually feel a lot more comfortable knowing that I talk already. Like sitting in front of like, I feel good in the in the right zone. But I like your note taking idea, and I like you spearheading this podcast. Um, and I'm gonna try to leave more open space so that um, you can fill it and feel comfortable. Hundred percent, baby. And uh, I know that we talked about the last podcast that I, uh, you know, I, I can go off on these rants, which I love, but I want to, we got to get, try to get better at this, but. So this is, um, episode what? Episode four? Episode four of those boys. We are in it. What is this? What are we looking at? Oh, these some incense. Cool incense holder. Did you find that in the streets of San Francisco? Thrift store. Right. Which the streets of San Francisco might as well be a thrift store. 100%. I feel it. I vibe it. I understand what you're saying. Also, Timothy Leary's The Politics of Ecstasy. Ah. Love, Tim. Good guy. Girl. Guy. Love. They. Them? Guy. Timothy Leary. He was like the godfather of uh, ecstasy. Or um, uh, LSD. Alisty. Alisty. Yeah. Okay. Back to the word, word jokes, huh? Making fun oh, of words. you're a funny guy, huh? You're, you're one of them funny guys, eh? Um, I figured, you know, incense with oh, politics. Wait, let me uh, let me start this up real quick so we can at least know how long we go this time. <laughs> What's wow. up, those boys fans? This is uh, I'm Nathan. Oh, well, obviously you're Nathan. And uh, so happy to have you back for episode four. Funny thing about four, do you know where uh, you know? Can you tell me the significance of Jay-Z and the number four? I have no idea. Blue? His daughter, Blue? Fuck if I care. His album, on. 4 4 The fuck if you care? That is aggressive. We just, uh, me and the lady went and saw Kendrick Lamar. Hey! And uh, you'll never know where we live, but we did see him in Oakland, California. Can we get a Oak Town? Oak Town. Hey. Honestly, can I be honest with you? Dude. Please. I want to get this off my chest and then I'm going to let you Dude, get it the off the wheel. Chest. Get um, it off the chest. After seeing Kendrick Lamar, kind of like somebody that we agree. Best artist of all pe- time. People are all like, oh, the GOAT. No, no, no. Of the last... I don't know, yeah, like he shouldn't be alive. We are so lucky to have him. Lucky to see him live. Um, anyways, so seeing him with the lady she got me tickets for my birthday yeah god such a good gift because i don't really need anything Hmm. i needed that because um it's a great gift yeah it's such a good gift for me just because what a mutual gift too like you both probably loved that show you both probably had such a good well dude yeah here's uh here's me right like you know like (laughs) me expectations so much expectations i'm just and here's me lovely yeah can't hear nothing but like literally be like be like i got a bone to pick make, make. Yeah! oh my god i got dude. your mother in your imagine yeah! and i'm mad he ain't mad but i'm stressed i was like megan the woos the yelling stops has to continue though don't know be you it's like every time you want to like tell somebody it's like oh my god am i am i old does no. that mean I'm old? No, it high pitched screams from 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 a female. I had a lot of ear. expectations. The point I want to get off my chest is this: to me, feels like we're just fucking around podcasting, yeah. even though it's not as easy as people think it is. Or I don't know what people think, to be honest. But uh, he is such a artist, like oh, yeah. the- theater. He is whatever you want to like imagine going to a show and being like, okay, I just left having an artistic. Th- uh, creative experience, uh, spiritual, metaphysical, um, and like night after night, he's just rapping and just saying so many words, commanding so many words. The first people on stage were four women, women of color, black women, women of color in red dresses. Was that the video you showed me where they are walking up on that stage? That was the, the very first people on the stage were women of color in red dresses. Go, dun, 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 
dun, and the whole thing. And then it goes black again. And all of a sudden he's on stage. Mm. So it was like, from the very beginning, you were like, finally, it's been the whole pandemic. I've waited years to see a real show. Like I was mm. trying to think the last time I went and saw a show where I left, like my heart, like I, I was like, it was almost so much to take in at once, but me and Megan talked the whole way home about it. And ever since then, I've been having like, we just listened to some of his music and I had to hard, like right when I was listening to it, I felt a little uncomfortable because I've had such a visceral reaction to like wanting to do, like this to me doesn't feel nearly as artistic as what he does. And I know that comparing oh, yeah. them is, I know, but like in reality, it's still art, it's still performance, but like I feel a little guilty not taking art more seriously than this. But I guarantee you, he has to take art a little less seriously to be serious. To be that serious in your art 100% of the time, I think is, is ruins the art because then it's too serious. Oh, you're going to perform? You're going to be serious? I guarantee you, some of his raps are kind of a joke to him so that he can get it off his chest. I don't know, man. I mean, being serious 100% well, of the time is tough. Have dude. you listened to his new album? Um, I've, I've, I've given it a good... Uh, uh, listen through, but I haven't done what I normally would do. I, I didn't connect with this album as much as I did. So, as I mean, album. and it's like, and it takes a lot of work to connect with it. And also once you do connect with it, you realize how little of work I just, I have a lot to say about the album itself. I think anyone that listens to it, it's just very impactful, very powerful for our, for men in general, women. It's like this whole generational curse. It just really, like, I don't think it's ever been done before. I don't think yeah. any album has ever been written like this before. And that's what Kendrick does. His last album was like that. His album before that, like everything he does is just like. He's, he's the, I, I think of, I always. It's really like, amazing, man. Really beautiful. I think of him as away. like the, mm, I don't know. I don't want to compare him to anybody. I think then every, every about five he or 10 years. He just shouldn't be alive. He should, like, he should not be, like he should have been killed know. so many times. If you look at his history, we are so lucky that he's even alive. He came out of Compton. Every single one of but his bro, friends has look been at, killed. Look at Jay-Z still alive. That's a miracle. Jay-Z was from New York. Bruh, so was Biggie Smalls, dog. But whoever, Biggie Smalls got killed. Exactly. But so Kendrick you, Lamar isn't. We are so listen, lucky. Listen to yourself, though. You're saying that, like, Kend you're so lucky we have Kendrick. It's like, we're so lucky we have anyone that was in that scene and didn't get shot. No, but this Kendrick isn't in the same scene. He's completely, that's the point. It's 2022 after the pandemic and he's been his third album. He's made music for Disney. Like, the things he's done from where he came from... Like Jay-Z's done a lot, but I mm. think that like everyone deserves their own. For one, we don't know what the fuck we're truly talking about. Like if Charlamagne the God was here and we were talking hip hop, so I would I would be so nervous. To I talk would never with, talk uh, hip hop around Charlamagne. I would love to talk hip hop around other people, but I don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Anyways, all I know is that I've never seen Jay-Z. I've never seen really any that many people live because it's hard for me to go to concerts anymore because of the pandemic like everybody else. And so seeing Kendrick in the Oakland arena with performance like that, it makes me want to create more art with you. Yeah. And it was like, you always come out of it like really inspired. Obviously it's inspiring, but that level of creativity and simplicity that he brought on such a like magnificent level that it just reminds me of like why we're creative people. I don't know. Like, like I just understand more of like, Oh no. Yeah. That's what it would take to be that good. Like if you, yeah, of course. Like that's, but doesn't it make you, doesn't it give you that itch to want to be back on a stage? That's what like this when, is. No, no, for sure. This but is like, as close to like that itch being fulfilled when we have, I mean, I know like I'm a full-time nurse. When, when I, when stuff, I go to like, a show, is, every time I go to a show, I have to prepare to be disappointed that I'm not performing every time I go to a show. Do you think that's a, do you think that's a problem? No, I think it just the, differentiates the performer from the... Are you able to enjoy like other performers? Depends on who I'm seeing. So Kendrick Lamar, fuck yeah, I'm going to enjoy that. That's why, a king. Why do you think he's a king? But like... No, there's a difference. When we went and saw Skrillex, all it was, I am a fan. It's like, you are- We're at the are, Bill Graham? Yeah, Bill Graham. I was just telling Megan about this. When we, all, we, we, we all got backstage on the top balcony. Yeah. And we were all like, me, you, and Philip were up there. And it was just ASAP Rocky and like his crew and then Skrillex. And they were all playing. And we were just back there like, what are we doing? Man? Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. so fun. Now, that was a great show. I think there's certain artists, man, that are so detrimental to the time. And so like- life-changing for my perspective on music kendrick's one of them uh skrillex is another one of them i would even throw in like Coldplay in there but it's just it's like because it's to you yeah it's to it's me your personal, it's an yeah. amount of respect where it's like i'm not a fan i am not a fan but for certain people i'm a fan like i'm a fan towards like john mayer i'm a fanboy. like if he comes around i'm like fuck yeah. what do i say not you many people. people yeah but oh let's just go watch some music hell no Okay, I guess I'll just like tag along and watch music with you. But really, 
the whole time I'm craving to be on stage as well. I'm craving to be artistic as well. And so when you go see Kendrick, an amazing show, you're a fanboy. And so it's kind of like, I am a fanboy. I totally know what you're saying, but I don't know. Like, I, of course, I, under, I totally understand that I want to be the one on stage, but I think the more I've become less this, this is, oh, this is different, like less social media, like me just, po- I've pulled away so much during the pandemic, just stopped posting about anything. And I almost became addict. I've become really addicted to not sharing my life at all. And it almost empowers me to be like, no, nobody knows what I'm doing with my life. And it's like, now I've completely kind of like, I don't even, why would I share anything? Because like, it takes only a couple of years to get out of sharing anything. And so the thought of being on a stage like Kendrick versus sharing every day, you don't have to share every day being a, a artist. The whole point of being an artist is that you have a, a voice, something to share and people will listen. So when people listen, then you have, you say what you have to say over and over and over and over and over and over again, everywhere you go. It's like a traveling on a box, mm-hmm. the guy in a voice box, whatever they call those, a soapbox. It's like, you say the same thing with different, you bring it, but you have to, you have the same thing that people want to hear you everywhere. And so Kendrick has something to say. We believe that we have something also, to perform. Something I noticed in the videos you sent me is a lot of times Kendrick's not even singing. He's letting the crowd do the work. Oh, and that's, that's when you're at that level, dude. Um, you're just enjoy- you're he, just enjoying. He says a lot, but you're yeah. enjoying the amount of acceptance you've had in your art. When you can get that many people just singing your song, and you're just up there like every other line, like just enjoying it with everybody. I feel like that's like a the pinnacle of success in terms of like what Kendrick has, what uh, Skrillex had for that moment, where it's kind of like you don't got to do much. We love you. We love your art. But that, and that's and that's like fans that love the music, and like, he would do this. He closes. Mm. Yeah. And then people would sing, not 10 seconds. It's a whole song. It'd be full pauses. Crowd comes back in, pause, crowd keeps going. Yeah. And he's just... But dude, it's Kendrick Lamar. How I many know. times so, have you listened to his music? You know it by heart. The, the, like his art though is when you really listen to what he's writing, it's it's all for him. So him and his wife, his family, about his, his success. Now like, it is. This is my life dude, and I'm blessed. This Mad is City. my life and I'm blessed. This is anybody fighting in an interview. Stress. It's like way more. Even his last album was like the way it was written was magic in the studio. We can get so lost, but I like the point that you made about how it's hard to go to shows and not have like prepare for that disappointment. And I know that that's like, we were just talking about this. I think you should get into it about how um, the way we were raised or what we were brought up in Mm. and how we experienced childhood Mm. and how we were successful on stages as children that like, I don't know, go with that. We we were were raised by um, super strongly in the Christian faith with a father who was a pastor. Still is. Still is a pastor. Um, ever since I was nine, ever since you were 11, ever since Natalie was 13. Worship leaders in the ministry. Exactly. And so we were center stage ever since then in the church and a very musical family. And so ever since a young age, we were front center doing worship all the time, every Sunday, also Wednesdays, and sometimes for a college group. And it was kind of just like three times a week, if not more, we would be on stage with our parents doing worship and being center, center focused. But then also behind the roots of the belief is that we are superior to those around us and that we are supposed to bring the knowledge of the savior to everyone. So any non-Christian, it's our job to save them. And ever since we were young kids. So that's called the savior complex, yeah, right? We were, we were birthed with this savior complex. And luckily we've kind of made it out of it, of realizing that we're human and we are not saviors. But that's been built into us to have that image upon us and to be kind of comfortable and okay with that image. And I think it's led us to do blouse. It's led me to perform. So then all our performances like, go off that. You're making the connection that because dad was on a stage and did music with mom, they performed, people loved it. We always saw them congratulated. And then when we started performing with mom and dad on stage in the worship groups, it was like Sound of Music, the family yeah. von Trapp. Yeah. You know, uh, and... It felt that way. Uh, our, you know, Natalie didn't really play that much 
she went through basically. like a year phase. She had a phase, but like you and I were like, this is our life forever. Yeah. Fuck me in the mind. Well, then, and Fuck then, me in the mind, you stage man. Fuck me in the mind. Uh. That's what it felt like. It felt like but the then, stage dude, was like... At, at a young age, we took that image and we took that energy and we turned it into dance music and blouse. And we rode that for about five years. And that was after I'd been, yeah, I moved out and we'd grown up a little bit. And Not even. I, so I, I was I, like... I started writing dance music. No, for sure. But anyways, so this image, I want to stay on topic with mm-hmm. what I was asking you about how, because I think that you and I relate a lot to this, but at the same time, I've been growing through this exact experience where you have this disappointment. So let's say you're going to, let's say you, let's say your lady wants to go to a show, mm. a reggae show. Mm. Um, I'm going to sit to the situation. I'm going to set up the scenario. You're already setting up the reality yeah, of the I'm situation. Yeah, I'm going to set the scenario. Okay, you're going to go to a reggae show. Okay, what, what's a, what's the reggae band that people love? Sublime. Sublime. No, what? Sublime? Like, they're amazing. But, like, there was, like, the band that Revolution, is that what they're called? Yeah. It's like, but there's another name for them. I know. There was one that people loved. Anyways, they're a great band, super good rocks, like, great rock stars, great live, know how to put on a great show, but it's white boy reggae. <laughs> so, when you go, the experience is, like, a blast. And you're like, oh, damn, these musicians know what the fuck they're doing. So... That's the scenario. You are going to go to a reggae show with your girl. And what do you feel? I mean, the sad reality of that, um, I, I'm not the biggest reggae fan. Um, but also, if I am not a fanboy to the music, what's the point of me seeing it? And I'm trying to change my perspective on that. But in reality, like... I, no, I mean, if you're not a fan, you don't, you shouldn't go, you shouldn't go watch something you but, don't want to I mean, go watch. Exactly. But she wasn't raised the same way we were, um, as performers. She was raised to, with no music in their family. And so anytime anyone's performing music, it's like, let's watch and listen. They're performing music. And I'm like, I, uh, everyone performs music around me. Uh, these people are okay. I don't really want to go pay to watch them. I see. And so I'm, I'm at the point of, unless I know I'm going to be blown away and impressed and be a fanboy at a show i don't really want to go but i'll go for my girl you want gold everywhere like you you if you're gonna go to see somebody play and you're gonna stand there Especially and hurt your back <laughs> you're yeah. gonna hurt your lower back <laughs> my, my lower my lower it's like i've been standing all day for eight hours yeah. already i'm gonna go to the show and stand for another three you think i'm gonna hurt my lower back for this yeah, yeah. you got another thing coming babe <laughs> i'm out of here I'm, I'm going home you can watch them okay my heels not worth it <laughs> maybe um all right so let's just say like the scenario of the reggae was kind of like I, I was trying to build the picture where like you still have the longing to be on stage for even like maybe the show's sold out or it's packed and it's an amazing well-sounded show but it's reggae so you're not into the genre but you still do you still crave the stage in that space the reggae show like they're still on stage killing it but i think i think that's kind of why i don't want to go because you don't care. Well, because I'd rather be on stage at that show. So it's kind of like I'd rather be performing at that show. Because you would. Because you're like. But this if isn't... it's someone that I really respect and think that they're like they blow me away with their music, then no, I want them to so have the stage. Isn't that interesting? That like because you're somebody that knows you could like. Do you believe you could bring a better performance? Then uh, I don't play reggae, so no. So then, like, no. why would you? I mean, because different. So sometimes in that scenario, you want you want to be the one on stage because it's like you would be able to bring a bring something to that crowd or you'd be able to bring your own energy or does that just make you want it's it purely selfish man really it's if i'm going to because i have really bad social anxiety so if i'm going to put myself in a situation uh where i'm going to be around people and be social and deal with that anxiety and not perform it's kind of like there i get a lot out of performing when i'm done performing it's a drug it feels oh, yeah. great I know. and so even after this yeah even setting up sucks yeah uh, even when we were setting up, I was like, this feels like work. And you were like, it is work. It is work. We are working right now. This is those boys. Yeah. This and is the grind. And we filmed dude. our first silly oh, yeah. short before this. We filmed a pretty hilarious short. Pretty hilarious short. And it was a lot of work. A lot of work. It was, always, and it was 104 top. degrees. 104 degrees outside. And I was dressed in full drag in three different outfits. Yeah. We call it drag, but you were playing a woman. Yes. And so, uh, and you were playing my lover actually. Yes. My partner. Yeah. Uh, we can't wait to show that. Yeah. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be great. But, um, <laughs> There's still like even setting up, there's so many moments where it's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, cause I'm tired. And then it's like, then the lights, I and mean, I always explain it this way. Yeah. But once you're in front of those lights and the cameras, lights, you, camera action, yeah, like all of a sudden it's hard. It's hard to get into care. It's hard to be normal. It's hard to act like this. It's hard to like talk because all of a sudden the space 
is no longer set up. It's no longer thinking about it. It's no longer talking about the plan. It's you're sitting and presenting yourself in everything you're talking about. What is this about? Mm. What are we doing? And I think that like the fact that we are just doing it at all and already our family that's judged us a little bit. Yeah. Like <laughs> I want more. Yeah. And it's like, Oh my God, this is hard. Like this yeah. is the, the, the moment we're here. It's so fun. Yeah. That exhilarating feeling is just, I think that's why everyone, anyone that does this, they, they learn like, it's just like only well, it's, it's like only fans. I, I relate this to a podcasting lot. is like only fans. <laughs> I relate same this, rush. I relate this to a lot of the, uh, same rushes performing. And so it's, it's the same performative energy where is there's no reason to do it. When I think about going on stage, I can talk my, my ego can talk me out of it hundred percent where it's why, why would you want to risk failure? Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You don't need to, you don't need to. Same thing with this. Why would I, who's going to give a fuck about this podcast? Mm. Don't do it. Don't do it. But then you do it and you're like, that's why I'm doing it. I'm doing it for me. It's a release. It feels good. Right. I feel healthy. I'm creative. Having that creativity and enforcing it into your life, I think is just a, a really beautiful experience. So yeah. So you said like you feel creative. What is it? What is like when you feel creative because you're being creative, which yeah. every, I think human beings are naturally creative. We're all creative every day. We have to be creative with our lives. I think there people explain things as being like logical and emotional. And I think that creativity blends within all of that. So you can be creatively logical. You can be creatively emotional, like critical thinking, I think is being creative in order to be creative, you have to critically think about everything. So it's like, hey, let's have a podcast. Okay. Logically, that means we need cameras, lights, and mics. And then we mm. sit in front of the cameras and we're like, structure, what <laughs> is structure? And it's like, okay, we have to become, we have to like be creative. Let's just have fun. Let's just have fun. Let's just have fun. Let's become creative though. It's like, what is it? You can have so much fun and people love fun. But you have to become creative and think really deeply about it to be, you know, you catch me anyways. No, no, I, I totally catch you. But I think the definition of being creative or like what actually defines being creative, um, especially like in relativity from performing on a stage musically to sitting and just doing a podcast to filming shorts, it's to get you, yourself to that moment of uncomfortability and fear and, mm, yeah, you're nailing and it. regret That's and it. doing it anyway. Yeah. And, and going over that threshold. And every time that we were doing that short, and this is what I said right after, right? I was like, oh, that was like not fun at, for, like, at all. And <laughs> yeah. you were like, yeah. And I was like, that's why we have, that's why it's going to be good. Right. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, that's why it's going to be good because it sucked. Yeah. It sucked <laughs> to do it. Yeah. And it's like every time you're doing anything that sucks, it's because the idea sounds good. And then you're dressed up in all these dresses, three different dresses, <laughs> yeah. three different wigs or whatever, like all these different things. And it's like, we're waiting outside to film it because we don't want neighbors to see because yeah. we're embarrassed. And it's yeah. like, oh, this isn't necessarily like doing it is just like work. And the thing is, it's like, you got to have fun doing the work. And I think what's important is just not stressing about it. Yeah. And or stressing about it. That's the thing. Or, or you're learning how to hold. That's what you're saying. Right? You're learning how to hold that stress. We showing, talk about that showing up and just being like, hey, we're filming a short today. Get your shit together. Let's do it. And it's kind of like, today's a tough day. I don't want to do it. But then you get over that hump and it's like, wow, I really grew by getting over this hump. And I feel right. like I performed and did something creative. I don't know. I think there, I think there's just different levels to it and there's reasons why we do it. And we can try to come up with the exact reasons on why we try to be creative. But in reality, I think it's just in our blood and DNA to create and be creative. Obi is incredibly lovey today. Look he's, at him. He's been a lot more lovey ever since. Since you guys did the... I don't do that. Ever since um, his sister passed away. Oh. R.I.P. I thought he's been a lot more trying to run away. He will, I mean, cats are interesting, man. Cats are not like dogs. But you can't see our manager Atmore down there. He was asleep because it's so hot in here. But um, cats are just majestic as fuck. There's this new Netflix documentary or show that is like about cats. And Obi is, he's got a lot of different energies. Every morning lately, if he doesn't have food in his bowl, about four. 4 or 5 a.m. He's knocking over one thing at a time in our room. And the fan's on. Megan's got pillows over her head because she sleeps like a gremlin under a rock, a mm -hmm. little hermit. And I'm there like a pin hits the floor, you know? And so Obi... You've slept for 30 minutes, but you feel fine. Whatever, I'll get up. Yeah, <laughs> Obi's like, oh, reading glasses right next to that book you were reading before bed? <laughs> yep. And I'm like, and it's like the last night I woke up and right when I woke up, I just was like right out of sleep, like, get up here, Obi! like so like ready to go and i like looked at him and i he's sitting on the ground and he just like knew it. And he's just like looking up at me and i was like <laughs> got up fed him 
right away, I was like, I'm still tired. 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 I go back to bed and I hop into bed and I'm like, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. It's 4 a.m. It's 4 a.m. That's so that's that's your 4 a.m. wake up call. Mine, this happened to me two nights ago, and this happens at least three times a week. No cap. Straight up is what happens. I'll be laying there and I'll go. No cap? No cap, dude. Wait, no cap? No cap. Continue. Be laying there and I'll feel. It almost feels like oh, my nose is running, and I'll instantly know my nose is bleeding. And so I'll just You've been waking up with bloody noses. I mean, I've, my whole life I've been. Do you have like, a, a fly ever land on your cheek at the same time? A fly? A fly, like a flying fly, like a fly, like a black fly. I don't think it's ever happened. Because if it's like a fly landing on your cheek at the same time that you're having a bloody nose, do you realize what that means? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyways, poor, poor, poor Zach over here has been having bloody noses ever since he was a child. Yeah. You've had surgery for it too, right? You had it cauterized? No, I had it cauterized, but I was a little bitch back then. And so I was just like, no. No, you were yeah. you were a kid. I know, I was four years old. In many ways, you were more advanced than most adults. You just were like, you know, unequipped to pain. When the doctor was terrible, he was like, "Hey, this is gonna burn." <laughs> every time I not, hear that, did not every time me down. nurses were great. The doctors terrible. Yeah, nurses were great. Doctors are terrible. Yeah, they really hurt me. They don't yeah. care. Yeah, I have a tough time with doctors though. I don't really like doctors that much. Doctors are amazing. It just depends on the doctor. So I wake up, right? Philosophy. Three in the morning. This happens at least. I would say I'm going to give it two times a week. This happens at least two times a week where I wake up and instantly it's all unconscious. I'm already reacting and I'm half asleep, but I'm like, oh, I have to do this. And so I get up and I'll go to the bathroom. And this time it was just like, all right, I'm going to just bend over to the sink. And it was all like it was just packed up there, dude. So much blood. How's the burn? I mean, the burn's getting a little better, actually. At oh, first, at, dude, thing. at first, it was like all my skin was coming off. Yeah, it looks really good now. Yeah, Thank looks, God for, you know, uh, thanks, mom, for our beautiful Italian skin. Hundo percento. Uh, because it's sensitive as fuck, but it heals and it looks beautiful no matter what. Facts. Sensitive, though. Sensitive. Sensitive. Um, yeah, so bloody noses are yeah. my thing. Yeah. I, I, I just, you've I had ride a lot. with them. I you've love had, them. You've had they're surgery like, in the hands. They're not as popular as I'd like them to be, but I can fucking, I can roll. I'm chilling. How much time do we have left? Because we said we're going to do a shorty. 25 minutes. Yes, we got 20 more minutes. Nice. If we want to go full 45. Yeah. Um, let me, uh, let me pull out my handy yeah. notebook. For how about, um, the, some updates here for those boys fans? So I think we said at the last podcast, but we've officially, uh, signed the business license as official here in California for those boys LLC. Hell yeah. So uh, we claimed that name and that's starting the process of uh, on our TikTok, which Zach runs all of that. We are officially a business TikTok. So you can go to the link to our YouTube, which is amazing. Progress, um, better lights, still iPhones and the GoPro. We've been thinking about getting a camera. We will, at some point we need to get a camera. We'll advance stuff slowly, slowly, slowly. And also, uh, there's some updates for me. I'm making my way back into the tubes. First off, do I look any different to you, Zach? Do you notice anything different about me? Maybe. Oh, you, you, yeah, I know what it is. I know what it is. You got that lip surgery. You got that Botox. Yeah. That duck face going. Kardashian look. Love it. What is he, Aerosmith doing SNL? He goes... These are real lips. <laughs> real lips. <laughs> He's got no. some nice, haircut, bro. nice lips. Dude. Comment about my haircut. Oh, nice what? haircut, dude. Nice fade. Everyone else is going to be able to notice it because of the cameras, but you've seen me a lot. So you're like, I don't really notice these things, man. The thing is, I believe in not getting my haircut until you notice it. Meaning like he deserves a haircut. He's looking a little haggard. And then you go and get your haircut. And then the, the people are like, you look amazing. What's new? And you're like everything. And they're like, Oh, so I got a haircut. Um, and I, uh, I started a TikTok. You had to man, a personal TikTok. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're pretty, uh, active on our, those boys, TikTok. And, uh, it's only relevant. Man, you want to know why you having a personality? The real the reason internet. I haven't even used it. I posted one video that I made you a while ago. To. You need a place that people can go follow you at. That's the, all it is. The reason why I downloaded it was because you have been sending me links to TikTok videos for ye- a year, over a year now, maybe mm-hmm. a year and a half. And I've been going onto the Google app or Chrome, clicking on the link, having to unmute it and then hoping it plays correctly. And then if it doesn't play correctly, I have to exit it out, reopen the link, go back online. And you might be asking, why don't you just download the app? Ask that. Go ahead. 
Why not just download the app? There's a whole population of people in this world, if not, I'll just say for America, let's say California, of around my age, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, like we're talking real millennials, like 90s, 91, 92, 93, born 1990s, who are not downloading TikTok, but only watching the TikTok videos through Instagram replays or Facebook replays because they don't want to download the new like TikTok app because like, but that's every new app, dude. That's every new app. When Facebook was blown up, we wouldn't download it. When Instagram came out, know, we wouldn't download it. I know. I was just a MySpace messenger. Why, why would you need anything else? MySpace. Yeah, exactly. Until MySpace is done. Online, and they could always say like online on MySpace. You'd be like, oh, she's online. So she's I, dude, online. I look at it as all the other platforms are social media platforms and social media is incredibly dangerous and it's incredibly controlling and it is normally ran by a central governing force. But TikTok has true never declared, they have never declared themselves as a social media platform. They have been strictly entertainment. entertainment. Yep. And, I and you're th- looking at us. Yeah. Those boys, entertainers. I, entertainers. I had some um, uh, photographers that worked for TikTok come sit at my bar. Really? And they were talking to me about how- What do you mean act- photographers for TikTok? Well, they actually were doing photographers for my property that I was doing. They were doing some video photography and oh, stuff. For the- and he actually, the person that was doing it happened to be my uh, uh, physiology teacher at junior college. And it Wait, was a photographer. Weird, mm-hmm. It was He's a weird, also a photographer. He was a videographer. Um, and Who was he your had physiology amazing, teacher? You can uh, mute him. You can I'm, beep him. Uh, it was. Oh, he's new then. I did not know him. He was newer. And he, uh, but he was one of my favorite teachers. He was my age. So he was like 29 when I was 27 in the class. Like very Teaching close. physiology Teaching. college. Yeah. He was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant teacher. But so he was. I mean, a name. He was sitting at my bar and I was like, after like maybe 10 minutes, I was like, dude, I think I know you. I was like, do you? And I first thing I said was, do you do video tutorials? Because you look like you do video tutorials and I might have learned something in video editing. And he was like, yes. And so we started talking about that. And then he was like, you. Yeah. And and he was like, he was like, did you take physiology at the junior college? And I was like, yes, you're doctor. And so instantly I was like, what a small world. We started talking and I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, on summers I do film. It's like my, that's why like you saw those videos, all this stuff. It's like, no one knows it. It's my hobby. I started like talking with him about the hobby, but then the other people he was with were just like contractors that were working with him and they were talking about TikTok. And they're the ones that turned me on to why TikTok, like everyone's like, oh, they have all your information. So does Facebook. So does Instagram. So does the whole internet has your information. That's not what to worry about. It's worrisome when the goal of the platform is to, is not to entertain you, but to just take your attention. Whereas TikTok's whole goal is to keep your attention with entertainment at the max it could possibly be. So the algorithm is only supposed to entertain you. So if something is supposed to go viral, it will on TikTok. Whereas Instagram, they might choose. Like, ah. The algorithm chooses, the alg- you mean? The algorithm would be like, ah, we don't like what you're wearing today. We're not going to make you go viral. Whereas TikTok is like, well, that was fucking entertaining. We don't give a fuck that you said fuck nine times. It's going to fucking go fucking great. Mm. And to do fucking well. It's like, whoa. Finally, there's this realm of entertainment where you can just post kind of anything and see if you're, so you're worthy of going viral. I'm listening to you, but I'm just going to re-say what you just So you're saying on Instagram, they might be like, that's fucking tight. We might fucking post it. But on TikTok, they're like, that's fucking sick. That's fucking viral. We're going to fucking post that shit. Fucking post it. Or you'll think that and then it won't go viral. But you have the oh. high, You have the highest, like, least amount of judgment on your content on TikTok from the center governing But they might, they might ban you or they might... Yeah, they're getting better at not. I posted my, my, my personal TikTok. Dude, I posted a video you, of me with my shirt off. You showed your cock. You can't <laughs> do that. You just think your first video, you're, you're like, right. guys, check how big I am. I I'm like, what? That's a hard lesson for me to learn. Yeah. I can't take out the genitals. One day you're gentilian. like, can't, I ta- can't take out the gentilian. Can't take out the gentilian. No gentilian on TikTok. One day you're like, man, I'm going to take off all my social media. I don't want to be on anything. Three years go by. Just one quick question. Oh my question. God. You just went full Trump. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the next day you're like, Zach, no more I gentilian. downloaded TikTok and they took wonderful. down my video because I showed my cock. Wow. This is real advanced. And, uh, well, no. Well, you want to know what I really did? I made a very cute video because I didn't even know that you could have profile videos. Um, and it was me with like running in the beach with my shirt off. And Megan was like, okay, what, thirst for your first profile? Like thirst video? I'm like, oh, yeah, babe. 100%. Duh. And then bam, I post it. Within a second, I get a, like an email that's like, you've been banned from like editing your profile for 24 hours due to like the guidelines. And Megan was like, ha ha, it's because your shirt was off. And I was like, no, that's TikTok bullshit. TikTok is wrong. No, it's because you're a new account. What? You have the, the algorithm is so much smarter now. No, dude, it's because... And then my profile video changed back to my original picture. It took my profile video down. Yeah. 
So, so yeah, but you could technically file a complaint against TikTok saying they were wrong. So if I was and like, come if I was more it. popular or like, I had like a ton of followers, do you think they would have taken it down? They might just have something because the specific. algorithm takes it down, right? Uh, it's I not mean, a person. It, it gets flagged by the algorithm, and then if somebody looks in, they're like, "He's too hot." Click. No nipples. Click. No. They see you with your shirt off. New account. It instantly looks like a sex account, and they oh, ban you. they think I'm a bot. Yeah. Fuck. I'm not a bot, dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> just so serious fuck man I'm let me try this bot. again wait you think oh they think i'm a porn bot i think you're a porn bot dude fuck i'm not a bot you're not a bot i'm not a porn bot you're not no a porn i am bot. not i am a human i'm living the human experience 100 i feel it dude i see it. i am a human being i am not a bot i see you i, I am not you. a bot i am not a bot i am not a bot look i am not a bot i am actually if i do that they'll probably think i'm a bot i am a bot. not a robot i yeah. am a real human there you go there you go <laughs> they're like we, we should watch their podcast to see if they're humans hello this is those boys we are that's the dumbest that was it no dude that was so good that was so nice dude i hurt my nose going down like this so um what do you call What's a, a one word letter for you? Do you have your notebook out? I do. Show the, show, tell people what you got with the notepad. What is that? Uh, well, I got, I got these little small notepads. Which you want me to start doing. And I'm like, bro. Whereas I take them with me to work and I try to keep them around, around my person as much as possible because I used to always take notes on my phone. But in reality, like, it's just so much easier to no, write something down. Not even real that. Quick. It's just not as, there's something about that tangible. Yeah, super tangible. And it's so it's like, real. I'll have an idea. It's like, oh, I want to talk about this. this or I want us to do this short. I want to do this thing. And I'll just write it down. And then forget about it. And a hundred percent, even going through this notebook, I'm like, oh, I totally forgot I wrote this down. All right, let's it's like get lovely. it. Um, it's super stupid. Because you want more structure for the podcast. I just want, I just, I go through my week like, oh, I'm going to bring this up. I'm going to bring that up. I want to talk about this. And then I never do. And normally I'm high. I'm not high in this podcast. I'm and trying I, I know, yeah. to, yeah, you're stoned. Well, I don't actually feel ever too stoned. That's the difference is I've been smoking weed consistently since I was 16. Mm. You just started smoking just started. weed consistently like six months ago. Yeah. And so you explained, Megan laughed so hard when she watched episode two, because at one point in episode two, um, Oh, when, when I, when I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, which mind I'm you, once again, I got like 10, 20 minutes in just to do the work, which you say, I got to watch myself to learn how I look and stuff. But, um, yeah. And you were like, I'm still going up the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> Cause Megan's just like relates to you so well. And she was like, started laughing. She's like, Oh, I know what that's like. That's yeah. exactly what he seems like. But anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. What is a shorter word for a day hike? What is a shorter word for a day hike? No, what do you call it? I'm going to go on a day hike. What do you call it? I'm going to go on a day hike. I'm going to go for a hike. I'm going to go on a dike. I'm going to... No. <laughs> Today, I went on a dike with my dog. <laughs> this is just what you came up with? Just one of them. Mm-hmm. Today, I'm going to go on a dike with my dog. Mm-hmm. No? You don't like it? Okay. Moving on. Let's see if uh, I'm going to try to take the serious stuff later. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to tuck these now because this is getting serious. Oh, um, let's let's touch base on what's going on in Jackson, Mississippi real quick. You mean the water? Yeah. yeah so what, what happened in Flint, Michigan is happening now in Jackson, Mississippi. Do you know if it's exactly the same? I haven't read on it. And I mean, Megan talked a lot about it. I mean, I saw when it was first going down, but it's, it is pretty tough when a water, whole city's water system gets contaminated like that and breaks like the tubes break or something goes completely haywire where they're like, uh, we don't know when you're going to have clean water. It's they're saying that because they can't even fund to fix it even to the closest amount or they just won't fix it. But then every look what happened. Don't you think they have the money? No. You don't think so? Dude, you have to think about a whole city's water got contaminated. But that's like a history of them not not doing the right exactly. thing for the people. They're done. But that's <laughs> the point is that... That's th- it. There's that's, no more Jackson, Mississippi. That is white, male, conservative, racist yeah. politics yeah. handed down since the beginning. I'm reading uh, John Lewis's memoir mm. um, right now. And uh, Mississippi's history is... Um, aggressive and I always want to be like careful talking about this stuff because I'm just learning and Megan is like a professional but or has studied this her whole life and but I'm just like shocked what were you saying yeah about Jackson like Mississippi's history is like or Flint Michigan's history like when you read the history of where these like it's not shocking that their water systems haven't been like but for instance when the fires happened here Mm. We were like, how is this? Everyone's like private industry. They have all this private land. And they're not allowing the like government policy to come in and 
clear out certain old bush and land so that it doesn't burn away because fire naturally came through these lands all the time to, you know, like replenish it or however mm. that works. And Natural. so, and so there has to be like upkeep on these things. But when you have private companies that can pay all this money or private industry, it's like, no, we don't want upkeep because we don't want you on our private land. So then things get missed. And so a lot of that's the reason why, right? PG&E is a private energy company. It's like private energy in this country is fucking corrupt and ridiculous. And so when you don't have upkeep or the right, you know, like if you don't have the people first, your community, like if you don't have the people that you govern at the forefront and the priority of your practice or what you're doing, then it's all, if it's all about money and if it's all about power and keeping that power, then the people get missed every time, especially the uh, uh, minority populations, hundred percent, all minority populations, especially right? in Mississippi. I know, and that's the craziest thing, man. Is Mississippi's a predominantly black um, culture and or community, while run by white conservative. Most things of money are ran by white conservative men. Most things, most things of I mean, not all things, not all things. things. I mean. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a nut. It's 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 the truth. Which what and is if that? it's not white, it's a conservative man most yeah. of the time. Yeah, how does that make you feel? Oh man, I am, I am so over the elite class, and I am so over money, and people with too much of it to keep taking more, and wanting more, and living these lives. People come to my job every every day, and. They are complaining over everything when we, it's immaculate, the service that I, we could give and the rooms and everything. So expensive, $2,400 minimum. It's like for a night. And these people are like, oh, I'm going to stay for a week. I'm just trying to get away from what? Your vacation of a life? Because you're billionaires, most of them. And they have so much assets and so much security in this life that their kids, 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 and kids never have to work or think about working, which is, I mean, if you, that, if that's the wealth you built, that's fine, but you don't need more and you don't need to take more from the but poor class. Do you think small families should be able to have that much wealth? No, but I do think our system should be paying the lower class to survive. So right now we are in a system where the low the working a job isn't enough. You need to work two jobs or you need to be working more than 40 hours You mean there should be gov- more government support for the lower class? We should, have, we should have a government monthly stimulus to people who make under a certain amount of money. Don't, do you think that there would be a huge population of people? I think this is just the general immediate kickback on that would be, well, then people are just going to be like hiding their money and working under the table so they can get that government paycheck. 100%. But I can tell you right now, $2,000 to every individual who makes under 80,000 a year or under 100,000 a year, whatever cap you want to do, base it off state, whatever, is junk change to the government. When we took out the stimulus for the pandemic, only 900 billion went to pay everyone an absurd amount for three months. But the other $2.1 trillion dollars Went to pay off business owners, corporations, and corporations. So that small alone, businesses, right? But I thought yeah, that like all the people not that even made small fake- businesses. Amazon got some money. Tesla got some money. No, they got tons. They got so much money. It's the rich are going to stay rich, and they're going to let us burn. And I'm going to die fighting it's, against that. That's a big statement, dude. It's happening. It's a hundred. You are there. You do bartend for them. I do. I nurse them, and I hear them talk, and they're disgusting. You want to know what's funny, man? Is that everyone hurts the same. And what I mean by that is like as a nurse versus you're a bartender, I don't care if you're right out of jail, if you're still in prison, if you're white, black, orange, green, yellow, blue, if you're a billionaire, if you're homeless, when someone's in pain, like everyone tends to be about the same. It's like, please help me get out of pain. Like, it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter who you are, especially during the pandemic when there was no family members allowed and still, like, maybe one family member allowed because the pandemic's still raging and COVID's crazy. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends that have gotten You're talking COVID. about a lot of visitations. Visita- like, yeah. visitors. And uh, that normally visitors help, you know, like, cater towards the patient in, in, in wonderful ways. But, like, the fact that I've had years of no visitors with patients by themselves means that 80-year-old men, like, the 2020, when old men were coming in through the ER... It was like wild to see the difference between like 80 to 90 year old women versus 80 to 90 year old men. Cause of that generation, like 
80 to 90 year old men have had their wives doing everything for them for their whole lives. So then you, you put a sick 85 year old man in a bed by himself without his wife. He's like a child, a little baby, like (laughs) so much anxiety. You're like, Oh my gosh, your entire generation's had severe anxiety. You should see these people when I deny them alcohol. They become little babies too. I bet. Yeah. And they're like, I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you a thousand dollars to stay open. I'm not, I'm not judging anybody in pain. That's not what I'm trying to say. I think what my point is that one of my experiences as a nurse that's powerful is that I have found myself witnessing people tend to everyone. When you're in pain, you want to be out of pain. Like rarely do you meet people that are like, excuse me, are you in any pain right now? Yes, I am. And and how bad is your pain? Like, you know, like one, one to 10, like, or zero, zero being nothing, 10 being like the worst pain you ever felt. Nine, nine and a half. Oh, did you need any pain medication then? Would you, we, we could give you some of this. I'm okay. It's like rare, but every once in a while you meet people that are like, they, they live a life where they understand their pain. But most of the time people in pain are begging to be out of it and they'll do anything. Yeah. I'll do anything. So like, it doesn't matter how much money you have when you're in pain. It doesn't matter how beautiful you are when you're in pain. It doesn't matter thing. It's what you are. It's the same thing as your money means nothing when you're dead. Because all that's left is blood and loot, baby. That's what Nope was about. Go see Nope. Great yeah. fucking movie, by the way. Anyway, that says that Nope isn't a good movie, go fuck yourself, dude. You 100%. don't fucking know the background. You don't know the background. You need to go see the movie, dude. I do. You should have said Nope. You also need to see Top Gun. Nope. Yeah, you do, dude. Nope. I don't support be any more. I don't support films. a few of those actors and uh, I have met oh, one gonna, of them. You're going to come out public right now about this. I have met one of them who is an asshole to oh, the tits. Wow. But I'm not going to say his name. Can't say his name. But if you say the movie Top Gun, he might be able to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> he might be able to figure it out. I'll tell you this. It's not Tom Cruise. Oh, no, because he is. He's actually a very sweet man. He is a he has a beautiful asshole. I haven't seen it, but I'd imagine it's a beautiful asshole. Tom Cruise. Oh, I mean, I've seen it. Yeah, but he's not a asshole. He's got a beautiful eye. Yeah. How do you know he's a sweet man? Uh, I, I have some friends that I work with that has served him for years and years and years at a different place. Who, say say the actor's name that you don't like because you met him at your bar. Nah, I'm not going to. Unless you can bleep it out. Yeah. No, because they'll obviously be able to figure out who it is. Come on, figure nah, it out. I'm chilling. We'll just move on. <laughs> okay. <let's> move on. <laughs> All right. So, uh, which, we, by the way, I bet you, what, how much time we have left? We're at 45, but I want to keep going. We're, 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 I just, there's a couple topics I want to Out of this, we'll just finish. We probably got about another 10 minutes on that. Yeah. We're chilling. Let that burn off. So, um, Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, that happens. Mm, it's pretty, happening right now, which yeah, is insane. Pretty, pretty crazy. We're very lucky here. At the same time, China, have you been following the heat wave in China? I honestly haven't been to ever since I had Evan here, the, so, the sun, so I haven't kept up. But for about, I, I think, I think it was for isn't there everywhere 14, a heat wave or, everywhere? For, no, no, no. Listen to this. This is never has happened before. I'm listening. 16 days, I think it was. Give us straight. Uh, the uh, temperature of 116. 16 days straight. And in, at nighttime, it got down to 95. But it stayed that hot for like, like two full weeks. Really? To the point of, because it's a very impoverished country as well. To the point of people oh, sleeping. very big country. Sleeping under bridges. People sleeping in water. So they could not die. So they like they were over every like and they had power outages because of the heat. So no AC and people are just laying in the rivers. The rivers uh, like majority of their rivers have dried up already now because of the heat wave. And they are now shooting bullets. I don't know what's in these bullets, but they shoot them into the atmosphere to force water to fall down. So they're forcing rain. Uh, They're cloud seeding. 100%. 100%. Remember back in the day, we used to, what are those called? Chemtrails? Chemtrails! Chemtrails! Chem, we used to say oh, these chemtrails. These are different than chemtrails, though. Oh. These, these are actually forcing rain. So they shoot up into the atmosphere and basically evaporate, and whatever's in them, I don't know what it is, it causes a rain Or just the opposite of, or they evaporate, or what the f- It's the future, dude. The future is us controlling our own weather. The weather? 100%. There was a movie recently about this with that, it's a horrible another end of the world movie called like Geo, Paul, Geo, Geo something, and it's like they control the weather, and of course, like, that won't go bad. Mm. Oh, maybe that was a cartoon or an animation film, I can't remember, but. It's fucking nuts, dude. This globe, people who are like, oh, it's like, I believe in climate change, but not global warming. Like, you realize these temperatures have never been hit in our lifetime. I think it's funny that, that I don't think that we're really up to discussion anymore. Is. I think are you kidding me? does not think there's global warming well i mean it's climate change honestly i haven't talked to them about that type of stuff in so long it's tough i don't want to so it's like it's tough man our climate dude look at california i mean look obviously at every, every look at like all these we don't crazy even need things. to know that much and, and it's like it's nothing we've ever just not known i think that we lived through the last six years we've had the worst fires 
like in the world. And now that's not true. Unfortunately, there's fires everywhere. It's like, but some people believe this is like a, Oh, every hundred years, every hundred years, this every happens. couple hundred years, every couple hundred years, the water rises and the sun burns everybody. Every you know, it's going to be years. in 10 years from now when we all have to move. And when there is no more like New York, and certain things are underwater. There's no more New York like the day after tomorrow. Yeah. When, when, when books, it happens. The freeze, the eye. Of the we're going to be, we're going to be so late now because our government has ignored this. And so many conservative people have ignored this. We're going to be so late now that it's going to be too bad. Yeah, but not us. Too bad. It's going to be like, oh yeah, duh, Pakistan. Yeah. The flooding in Pakistan. Yeah. That shit fucked me up, Did man. Did you see it's, the new, there's a new ocean. I feel weird even saying like it fucks me up because all, it's like it's happening. This, so it's so real that it's like, why? Of course it fucks me up. It's real. All of this but, is happening at the same time. Pakistan, uh, Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, China, all of these crazy disasters that are affecting millions and millions of people sadly, changing the, the Miss, land. The Mississippi one was just human stupidity. Human stupidity. It's all happening at the same time. Like racism. But technically, all of this is human stupidity. If 20 years ago we took climate change seriously, we took global warming seriously. A lot of people seriously. haven't taken it very seriously. There's been a lot of organizations. Not I Gre mean, Gre Greta Thunberg. Hello, we're trying. Yeah. Is that her name? Kidding. I don't know. There's so much more we can do. That's a joke, by the way. Facts. That's a joke. I'm laughing on the inside. I know. You, I mean, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... You, hey, you know, how about this? Ready? I have an, I, I have a topic that we can talk about. Ready? Let's, yep. let's just do a never ending laugh. Okay. Okay. Um, how about this? Ready? Kate? Climate change. Climate change. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you first. No. <laughs> oh, I put in my pants. That was All good. Right. I like the notebook, man. One more, uh, one more thing I want to bring. One up. more notebook. One more notebook thing. One I like more the thing notebooks. I want to bring up, and this one's deep to my heart. Oh God, deep um, to your heart, deep to my but, heart. Um, uh, to Mr. the beat Mr. of my Mr. LaBeouf has been coming back on uh, the social media. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf has been even Stevens showing himself again, and he recently was canceled about a year ago, I believe. For what was he canceled for? He abused his girlfriend pretty bad. Wow. Yeah, you didn't know this. Uh, if this was during the pandemic, I've not kept up with yeah, Shia yeah. LaBeouf. So because I know he came out with these two films. It came out that he's pretty abusive. He admitted to it physically. Yeah. Oh wow. And he admitted to it, and that that was it. Yuck. He hasn't he hasn't been in. It's bad. But now he's kind of coming back. He's all spiritual. Blah blah blah. The typical. He just came out that podcast right with John. Yeah. Birth and birth all whatever and looks like a great cast, dude. I mean, it's got millions of views. It's like so damn, many dude. good clips. People want to know. Well, it's because well, it's just. I don't know. When someone goes through revelations like that and they think they found God and all these things, they have a lot of really good he, intellectual he, he things found to say. Like he, he He's felt, like super Catholic now. So he like, so this is crazy, man. Yeah. So, I mean, like how did, yeah, there's so many things I want to say. I think what's, um, what's important is we can talk about that, but I think that we've gone through our own personal revelations a lot in our lives. And we were talking about a little bit with our upbringing and, even just like in the last couple months, you were over here during a recent issue, like outbreak I had um, where I could not control my like anger, mm -hmm. which it's nothing like physical or anything like that, but just like anger runs in our family. Like mm -hmm. we were raised with a level of like conflict of anger. It's not every, like a lot of people aren't raised with that. And a lot of my past relationships were full of conflict. And so like the revelations we've had in our life around anger, especially like you, like you broke your hand in eight places, punching a cement wall. Supposedly 91 places. Oh, 91 places. Yeah. yeah. Once you shatter it, they just give you like and a And the other day you're literally looking at me like, hmm, yes, you know, Nathan, whenever we get angry, <laughs> we lose. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> so and I, it's like, you can have all this growth and then something happens and it's like, life is about... If you're just talking about holding the chaos, it's like organized chaos, the yin and yang. It's a balance between the two. This is everything we live by is like, I mean, you're the micro dosing and you're, you did a full micro dose. You and your lady did right with psilocybin. Mm -hmm. So like, I think that we're on a level of like, we have a lot to talk about together and our personal uh, revelations. And I think that we aren't abusive mm -mm. to our partners. We never have been. I've been physically abused by partners. I've been cheated on. Mm -hmm. I've been broke, heartbroken, but I've also had major anger issues. I've said things that were, could be considered verbally abusive. Of course, being you know honest about it. Like, so who am I to judge Shia LaBeouf for his past? 
but I do commend people coming public about their growth. I think that's important. Like being really honest and having a conversation and dialogue around. Or, or at least just being accountable for when you're wrong. Exactly. But he's that's never, he's never denied it. Right. And he's even been like, well, I'm going to work on myself then I'm going to get out of the media. But personally, when you, like you, you look at this and you're immediately like, it's amazing. Like this is awesome. No, 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 not at all. No, no. I look at it as, Hey, let's talk about it. He's coming back on the scene. Well, let's I, like, yeah. Let's, yeah, have let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation. So my conversation is immediately like, Oh, you're telling me he's abusive. I immediately judge him. Like that sucks. Mom used to call me even Stevens. I, I love Shia LaBeouf. Well, yeah, that's why it's a big deal to but us. But who am I to judge when I've never hurt anybody physically in my life besides Maybe you. We've been physical a couple times. But not like, we've never not, hurt not, each not other. Not but like when it comes to like, I've punched walls in my past, thrown things, broken doors, like physical violence to things has been an outlet. And that's an honest, you know, admission. But for me to judge Shyla because he was physically abusive to his girlfriend, like Chris Brown, or like these people where I'm like, it's really hard for me to not judge physically abusive partners, whether male or female, because I know what that feels like. I've been through it. And like, but I would be a fool to say that I haven't presented my own form of anger to somebody like my partner who had no anger mm. in her life upbringing, no real conflict like we did. So her experience of conflict is completely different than mine. Mine, there's like a normality of con like with conflict, which is unfortunate and like it shouldn't be normal to have that much conflict but the reality is that's what was around so i'm familiar with it not everyone's familiar with conflict mm. so the contrast of my conflict resolution or how it's been resolved in the past isn't working with somebody else then it's like black and white it's like oh my god this is bad like this is not how i can ever be ever again and so all that to say is I think that these conversations are good because it brings into light how well, we can yeah. be honest about our own experience. Well, and it's just also like being accountable and accepting when you've done something wrong is really powerful. And it's normally it is followed by forgiveness most of the time. Like just him having grace, admitting to his wrongs and being like, whatever, I'm going to suffer through it. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying not to be this person anymore. It's like, well, damn, thanks for being honest and thanks for accepting. And well, I mean, he's pretty fucking lucky to have a platform with another white male successful person who was in movies with him, who was like, Hey bro, uh, I'll interview you and I'll, were, give, you, I'll were, give you an awesome platform. They were in one movie together. They were in that same movie where Brad Pitt supposedly yeah. helped him get out of his crazies. Like Shia LaBeouf is a childhood actor who came out of an extreme that we all know his life. Well, because he put it on the film. Exactly. So it's like, we have to respect, we have to, we have to help him. But the thing is, is what about the girlfriend who was ripped apart? Or his partner. We, we don't know. I mean, I, I think she, they still talk. I think it, it is an interesting situation. She came out and accused him of it and he admitted to it and then disappeared and went into rehab. And so it's kind of like, now he's back I talking. know something came out with like Olivia Wilde who was directing some film and Olivia Wilde came out and like said some lie and then he was like, asked her like, please, please yeah. go back out and yeah. clear my name because I'm coming out honest about everything and that's not true. And then I didn't hear anything else that came out of it. Yeah. It's all like, I haven't followed up too much on it. I, I've been more which, just focused on Shia. What's interesting is that like there's all the fucking bullshit Hollywood, the I nope, right? Like, yeah, the, all the crazy. And then there's this uh, how long is the, uh, the interview he did with John Birthworth or whatever, like an hour and a half or something. I don't know. Yeah. Long enough where you don't get that before. Shia LaBeouf has done plenty of interviews with Jimmy Fallon and Jay, like every nighttime. But. In the past, it would be like the Hollywood circle. You know, you sit in a circle and you listen yeah. to like whatever. That was a great one. Here though. you have two famous actors, very successful. And one's childhood, one's not as nearly as much just talking like we are. And it's more successful than anything they've done lately in years. And it's honest and it's real. That's what There's a part successful. of it, though, that makes me feel like I can almost tell they're acting. Because how can you not? It's like us. Even right now, I feel like I'm a little acting. They're and so, actors, dude. You turn on a camera and they're instantly like, they're actors, dude. You can tell they put on a face. Either way, they've been acting. He's been acting since he's a baby. So it's kind of like. He's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the reason why I brought it up is just because he was a huge part of our childhood and a huge part of what made me want to start acting. I mean, yeah. As everything. He and was every, his he, humor, yeah. his goofiness, who, the way he was on camera, the way he was as a child, just watching him come up and drink and get his DUI and do all that stuff and then still just perform and perform and have like this crazy artistic life. Yeah. And then it to come out that he beat his girlfriend. I wasn't surprised by that. He was a pretty 
so self abusive person. It's, it's very sad. Sad. But still, when I did get that news, I was at work, and on my way home, most of my good lines that I come to for my music is normally when I'm driving, uh, either back from work or to work, or just like the the mornings are my hot heads, and then the evenings are my hot heads, where I'm like just thinking, thinking, thinking. And so I wrote this line. Uh, to use in like a rap song at the time about Shia because it came out and it broke my heart when I was at work I somehow saw it like on my lunch break and I was like Shia it's like fuck man that breaks my heart that he abused a woman do after, something yeah <laughs> do something so I want to just do it I want to read it because it's it's, it's kind of just do it just do it just do it talk about art such a good piece of art but the line is now Shia is beating his girl too. And that breaks my heart. Cause I've always looked up to that man and all he's been through yet. No one seems to question his father or what he do or if he was abused as if we don't just do what our daddies taught us to. And we're surprised that she said me too, as if society has done anything to actually change the chain of abuse. Mm. Damn. It's pretty deep, right? Yeah, I mean, it's. Did you write that while? Did you write that on that notepad while while you were driving? No, no, I took this off my phone. Danger! I wrote that a year ago when I first found out that he oh, did wow. it. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. That's. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was relevant because coming back on the. He's coming back maybe, on the uh, scene. What was the last line right there? And we're surprised that she said "me too," as if society has done anything to actually change this chain of abuse. Yeah, I think we are now. I think that's the whole point of "me too." Me yeah. too is the, is the change. Well, it's, no, it's the yeah, voice. It's, yeah. the, it's the coming out publicly and being able to have a voice. Like how long, like, fuck yeah, she came out publicly. Fuck yeah, me too. You come out, you break that shit. Fuck yeah, Shia has to but you figure look, you shit look, out. You look at his life and I don't, you, but he, it's like, he's been, he's been abused since a baby. But I mean, I can, I can have room for understanding. But there's no, I mean, no one, no one gets an out to be violent towards anybody else that's not what i'm saying i'm saying no one's talking about the fact that his dad was a horrendous but isn't that what his movie was all about it was but when it comes out that he beats a woman but the problem is no one says man we gotta fix society's upbringing as 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 shia labeouf who is the childhood star who was abuse who who was a an abuser who has now been called out publicly his his partner maybe she doesn't want to be public maybe she's like but she should have thought about that before she dated a very famous person. Yeah. I imagine like she should be platformed too. Like the reality is, is this, is that Shia LaBeouf, whatever he, he's coming out. The fact is he's making a ton of money off these videos, whatever he does, he's making money off of it. Maybe he's not, I don't want to judge him for it, but the reality is he is an entertainer. So coming out publicly about anything for once, you're only coming out publicly because this is your business. Mm-hmm. So he has to come out publicly about it because his entire life is public. Like part of his, money is coming in like if people don't accept him because he's an abuser and he's canceled they won't see his movies Mm -hmm. and so the reality is i think like the conversation we're talking would maybe tell me if i'm wrong is like there's the me too conversation which has been happening forever or not for my god not forever recently for a long time and now we're talking about cancel culture. like what the fuck is cancel culture is there can there should there be cancel culture and shia labeouf coming back and talking means cancel culture isn't doesn't isn't forever well, no, it shows, it shows that there's a reason to be canceled and there's the way to recover. And if you are accountable and you take, you, oh, I like you, what you're you saying. Listen. I see what you're saying. Yeah. If you listen and you change because yeah. you see how you've wronged and you approach the media that way. If you're a famous person and you say, Hey, I did something wrong. I'm going to, I'm going to work on myself. We're not going to let this happen again. That kind of accountability is forgivable. But when someone's like, I didn't fuck that girl. I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, Instantly keep him canceled. Keep that man canceled. You know, it's like, you're not coming back. There's no accountability. And I don't know. There's it, the Me Too culture so you think, is tough. You think, the, of course it's tough and it should be because it's tough to be raped. It's tough to be abused. So it's always uncomfortable coming out public. But yeah. the reality is it's way more uncomfortable being fucking raped. 100%. So like the Me Too movement should be should be tough, should be rough. It should be intense because the people being called out... And, and, oh, just the experience of the people, not just women, everybody that comes out for any experience. I mean, myself included with my own. I mean, I'm sure there's some plenty of experiences where the whole idea is being like, yeah, I've been cheated on too. Yeah, I've been date raped too. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. I've had these crazy things and I'm, I've been, I've never even had the word, like when the words come, you're like, 
there literally wasn't even the cells in my brain making the like their neurological connections to oh, yeah. know that that happened. Called PTSD. So for a, a lot of people that make that can, or even a culture that has language for it. Yeah. So the fact that even that any of this is possible is amazing, but yeah. it's also, of course, it's intense. And like, we're talking about like such basic me too stuff, but there's like the whole Kevin Spacey and nothing's basic, but like Kevin Spacey, like that whole thing. One of the That's greatest, a real act, bad one. one of the greatest actors ever. <laughs> and so it was everybody like collectively was like, he has to be canceled. And it's oh, a big, sure. big, big, big bummer because he's incredible. But like what you said about how I, I like this idea that account of like, we're like honest, true accountability for yourself and your actions publicly might take a long time. You, it might be awkward, but it's like true and honest accountability and growth is what it might take to be able to be accepted, but it takes time and it takes space to be able to get there. And I do think though, that like if Megan was here, this is the kind of type of conversation where she might add in, a philosophical or some sort of historical awareness that's kind of like, oh yeah, I didn't think about that, you know, like I didn't think about like the history of men and how this looks. Like the reality is, is that Shia LaBeouf coming out and being honest, like having accountability or whatever, that's great, but that's not, that shouldn't, it's still not, I don't even think, I don't think that that should be the focus all the time. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't think it's just that, but that's also why he hasn't been anywhere for a year. And I don't even think he's trying to get like respect or anything. I think he's just talking about it now. Same. The reason why James Franco took four years for him to talk about his cancellations. So it's kind of like, there's always that moment where someone comes they're public. They have, they come out at some point. They have to be public at some point. And so when they're public, you're like, oh, Hey, this is how they approach it. Thank God we don't do something that's public then for business. Thank you, those boys fans for yeah. episode four. Yeah. Um, this has been fun. Yeah. Actually, it's every time it feels a little bit better, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you feel better not being high? Um, I feel like I can I can zing quicker. But it's like it's not as fun. Uh, I love being high, dude. I know, man. I mean I've It been makes ha- everything an adventure, and I love being on an adventure. I love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's a robot Trump. Thank you, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I hope you, if you made it this far, we're going to try to shorten these podcasts down. Yeah. So we were trying to do 45. This one went to an hour and five. That's chilling. Yeah, whatever. And then, uh, dude, it's less than an get hour. Get ready 45. for our first short. Yeah. First short. It's going to be great. It's going to be funny. All right. I'm done. We're done. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Those boys fans. Okay. Bye. Bye.